Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 147 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, good Brad Rowland. Yeah, 147. You hear, the voice you hear is a good friend of the pod, the most frequent, frequent guest on the pod. His name is Robbie Cowan, now senior writer of Up Rock Sports. What's up, man? What's happening? Uh, it's post-trade deadline, man. Uh, the Hawks did Hawks things, and uh, we have to talk about it because that's what we do here on, a, on this fine Thursday. It's, this is an early recording for me. I'm normally recording late at night, but it's, it's 7 o'clock. Uh, we're in that post-trade deadline glow. I know you did a lot of work on the deadline today. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's been a day, right? I don't know. I don't even know, I don't even yeah. know where to start. <laughs> it's a, I mean, look, it was, it was a trade deadline. It was a lot of smoke and not a whole lot of fire. Um, that's, what, that's what we've seen in recent years. I think 2015 was the most active like actual deadline. There was like that flurry of about eight trades in the last 15 minutes, but this year it was... It doesn't surprise me because it was a lot of when you when you have the big names in the mix, um, it, it's usually a lot of posturing. You're going to get a lot of rumors out there because people are obviously going to have those conversations if they think they can get Jimmy Butler or Paul George. Um, but those teams are going to be wanting the house for them, and usually at the trade deadline, that's not when you see that happen uh, because you're under the gun because there is the pressure of getting it done then. Um, and I think you, you're probably more likely to see, um, all these trades where draft picks are involved. Um, I think you're more likely to see them happen on draft night than anything else when people know where they're drafting. Um, it's a, it's one thing to, to ship out somebody for a future second or a future first when it's, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic, when it's Paul George or Jimmy Butler, you kind of want to know where you're going to be picking, uh, even if you're you're getting like a Nets pick involved or, or what's projected to be a very high pick with the lottery, um, you want to know what, what pick you're getting. So that doesn't really surprise me if that's what happened. I, I don't think those trade talks are going to die out uh, anytime soon uh, over the summer. I think you're going to hear those names a lot, and it wouldn't surprise me if, if one of them got moved on draft night. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. You know, the Hawks uh... – we're not super active today, Thursday, as we record this. They didn't make one trade, sending Mike Scott, who is uh, the longest tenured member of the Atlanta Hawks, mm-hmm. uh, no longer on the team, uh, sent to Phoenix in exchange for, uh, uh, oh, sorry, along with. Oh, uh, I was about to say, you're forgetting the longest tenured my, member of my, the Hawks. My apologies. Uh, give me the pronunciation. I can never pronounce his, pronounce his name correctly. Do I we even know? I believe it's it's Senkai Kyol. Senkai Kyol and Mike Scott uh, headed to Phoenix in exchange for a conditional, a uh, very, very conditional second round pick and some cash from the sun so uh Mike's- finally cash considerations got in right under the wire i was worried we weren't gonna see cash come through this year but the hawks came through with it that's what Hawks happens. came through with cash considerations they do it pretty much every year 
Um, Shout out to Anton. Do, do we care about this? I mean, Mike. Mike's, no. Mike's been awful this year. There's no way around no, it. He, he was expiring, so he was never going to come back. Between his bad play this year and his legal stuff, there was a zero point zero zero point maybe one percent chance of him coming back. I would imagine he was. I kind of planned all year like he wasn't coming back. So I guess we we don't care. I suppose. No, I just I assume this was a. Um, I don't know exactly where the Suns are, but I assume this is something. It's a salary like floor a move. Salary floor move. Yep, it is. Uh, I don't know exactly where they are, but uh, they, they, I they, they, they were like four million or almost. To... They were like some like three point eight million below. So Mike gets them a lot closer, saves them some money, um, probably a little bit less than they actually sent to Atlanta. But you know, it makes sense for them. Maybe they can actually try to see if Mike can play because for all, you know, Mike is not as bad as he's been this year. I think we can yeah. probably agree. So maybe you know, Suns in the tank mode that they're kind of in. Maybe they play him a little bit. But aside from that. Uh, Although it's funny that they, they bring in Mike Scott and Jared Sollinger, who do literally the exact same thing. Except Jared Sollinger's... Will rebound. Part, yeah, and is worse defensively somehow, I think. Yeah, it's really... You know, he's like he's a better rebounder, worse individual defender, just because he can't move, really. Right, he's uh, very slow. And both of them love to hoist shots and shoot about low 30 percentages when they're shooting well. The first the first text I received after the Mike Scott deal was over uh, said, RIP to Mike Scott will shoot. And uh, that's right. That's, well, yes and no. I mean, he's still going to shoot in Phoenix. He's still going to shoot, but I, I just mean for me and my, me having to care yes. about it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yes. So shout out to Mike Scott. He was actually low-key pretty decent last year, but this year it just never came together. It was never healthy uh, at the beginning of the year. And uh, when he was playing, the results were not good. So not we'll a surprise. We'll always have that Pacers playoff game. We will when he went supernova. And that we'll, was always, we'll always – was that 2014? Uh, I believe – ooh, 13? 13 or 14. We'll always have, we'll always have the 30-point Mike Scott game. The and we'll always have the games rushing. where he used, to, he used to torch the Knicks. Yeah, Michael had – listen, it was really fun when Mike got hot. Always. Oh, it was great. It'd be I like think tw- he did against the Knicks at least two times over 25 points, maybe three. It would be like 12 points in two and a half minutes. Like that kind of just absolute eruption um, that <laughs> most people on the Hawks don't really do. I mean, we've seen a couple of those from Tim Hardaway Jr. this year. But aside from that, like it's not really a Hawksy thing to do. But Mike's not shy. No, he's a he's a tall Lou Williams. <laughs> That's a fantastic, but like not as good. Oh, I love that so because much. for a pop for a power forward, you have to do more things than just shoot threes. Uh, no one knows that more than I do about Mike. But hey, um, anyway, there is actually um, I talked about it yesterday on the podcast with uh, with James Hola. Shout out to James for doing the show with me. It was a lot of fun actually. Um, but the Ursan Yosovi trade is actually a thing that sort of matters. Yeah. Um, what was your immediate reaction to that deal, knowing that the Hawks didn't give up a terrible amount, but Eliso is also expiring, et cetera? So what did you think That's about a, that? I think, it's a, I think it's a great deal for the Hawks, just considering, I mean, everything you said, it's not long-term money. They didn't eat a contract. Um, they get rid of essentially dead weight in Tiago's Twitter, which unfortunately never worked out. I liked the move when the Hawks brought Tiago in, essentially for free from the Spurs. Um it just never worked out with the, with the health stuff. Um, but, you know, they got a little something out of it. You get somebody that can play now. The Hawks are clearly trying to win still. Um, we can talk about this. I'm sure you have thoughts. Um, oh, I do, sir. You know I do. Oh, uh, I know you do. And so they're clearly still trying to win. Ursan gives them what you want the best out of Mike Scott to give you. And he's going to give it to you more consistently and be better and give you some front court rotational depth, which is absolutely something the Hawks could use if they're trying to win. Um, 
you don't give up much. You know, I, I think is a good deal. The second round picks that are giving up, it's what? It's a swap protected 31 to 39 and the heat pick, which is looking like it's going to be late. It's the heat. Yeah, it's, it's the heat late pick. Late 30s, early 40s. Yeah, the heat pick um, was going to be, yeah, probably in the you know early 40s-ish. That's going by itself. And then the swap is the Hawks pick. Um, which Hawks is, pick protected 31, 30, which won't matter. Yeah, that was going to be somewhere you know in the high 40s, low 50s. Uh, Warriors pick, which will be like the last one. Which will be 60. So yeah, it's a, you, you, drop t- you drop you know 10, 12 spots on one pick, and then you give up another one. The Hawks, importantly, and I, I pointed this out yesterday, but it's worth, worth saying again, that the Hawks did, did hold on to that Nets second round pick, which is like low-key really good, because yeah. it's number 31 yeah, overall. I mean, like it's, yeah, it should, be, it should be 31, 32, and I mean, the nice thing is... Are you outside? You're outside, aren't you? We're on the porch. Of course you are. Sorry, I, I know you always are, but I heard the noise and I was like, "Oh, probably." Yeah, on the porch. sorry. So I'm over by I'm over by Dobbins. So I loved it. Sorry, we're we're in Marietta. I had to ask. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, look, I mean, the, the other thing is the Hawks had a glut of second round picks this year. They had Nets pick. They had Heat pick. They had their own pick. They were gonna have uh, it. Yeah, as, as many as three. And, 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 and they weren't. They weren't gonna sign those guys. They weren't gonna want to use all of them. So consider this: the picks that got traded, uh, that Heat pick would have been a draft and stash guy that Hawks fans would have been upset about. Why didn't they take X player? So just consider this: um, you don't have to worry about getting up in arms about why they didn't take some dude out of a, a college that you liked yeah. and you thought could be good uh, because they weren't going to do it anyway. You know, I mean, like the the thing is with with how the cap is, with how the roster space is. You can't have that many guys come out of the draft that you're going to sign. So I have no problem with them moving second-round picks around. Now the 60th pick can be pretty much a get rid of it. Or if there's that one guy that just keeps dropping, you know, and you're like, hey, maybe I can find Isaiah Thomas, which you're not. But maybe there's, like, one guy they like that just keeps dropping when everybody's trying not to sign somebody. And you take him there, um, and you keep him that's pick. So it's it's I thought it was a good move, um, I, you know, just kind of a shrewd little play that, uh, you know, they, they realized the Sixers wanted to give Sarge more time. Uh, at least it was a guy that, you know, Hawks fans will probably be happy because he's killed the Hawks in the past when he was with the Bucks, when he was with the Magic. Um, he was the dude that used to give a, give the Hawks buckets. He can get bu- he can get buckets. That's the one thing he does. He, he's a professional. He will bucket get it player. up quick. Yeah, he, he's a. I mean, like I said, like he he fills Mike Scott's role, but he, just, he will he, give you closer to Mike Scott's peak uh, more often than Mike Scott would. So, I, you know, it made Mike expendable, uh, and also just gives them. And now they have a little more roster flexibility because they were able to move Mike out, um, either for 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 adding that third point guard. Uh, Whomever it is, it, it seems like it's probably going to be Gary Neal or um, Lamar. Space. Lamar, uh, your guy. My guy, um, Lamar. Listen, your guy, Lamar. I, I, I would, I'd rather have Lamar than Gary Neal. I'll say that with conviction. Hey. So there, there is a little bit of downside. Like in general, you know, I'm, I'm the negative guy. I thought, the, I thought the move was fine. I mean, Ilyasova is better than their options, as you said. Like he's their backup power forward now. He's, a, he's an upgrade there for sure. Uh, they, they gave away a little bit. It wasn't nothing that they traded. People were treating this like it was just splitter uh, sure. for Ilyasova. It's not bad. They're giving up a little bit. I would rather have them go. Uh, if you're going to use picks, I would rather try to get somebody that's cost controlled beyond this year. I don't. I don't really love the idea of a rental because, um, as we'll talk about in a second, you know, the ceiling of this team is only so high. But 
Uh, sure. At least it was fine. It's not a big deal at all. And they, you know, if they had traded the Nets pick, I wouldn't have liked it as much because I'm treating that yeah. like it's a first rounder. To be honest, like I, oh, yeah. I'd almost rather, I almost rather have the 31st pick than like the 26th pick because of the mm-hmm. contract stuff. So it's that's a very valuable pick. Um, oh, but, I mean, that's that's a lot of t- that's a lot of GMs would tell you the same thing. So I, I think I think West covets that 31 more than he would. A late first round, like you said, like if that wouldn't surprise me at all because there's no guarantees. Like it's no, it's it's no guarantee. It's so flexible. You're gonna get kind of the same caliber player because what what you end up doing when you have that and you see it a lot, um, mid to late twenties, is if you're a team, especially the I'd say actually early to mid twenties, the the teams that were first, second round playoff teams, um. Those are those are teams that feel like they need to get something, and they feel like they need to get something out of it, and they're gonna kind of swing, you know. So you, you see those teams uh, tend to tend to make a swing, hoping they land Giannis, uh, but a lot of times you land John Jenkins. Um, oh, shout to John Jenkins, Hawks legend. Shout out to John Jenkins. He's a very nice individual. He is played played blackjack with him. <laughs> That's true. I was uh, not far away from you when you did that. I was. <laughs> That's good it's stuff. like him and Shelvin, somebody else. Uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a good time. Shout out to Cosmo, summer they, league. But no, your 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 point is taken, and I don't know. I, actually, I mean, I bet the Hawks will get some offers for that deal for that pick too. If they don't want to use it, they'll get some offers for it. We'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, you know, Ilyasova's. It's fine. We talked about it yesterday. I don't want to get too deep into it, but the team is better. I wrote a little bit about this today, sort of on the fly afterwards, and just kind of talked about how the team is better. And that's if that's the takeaway you want to ta- that you want to have. That's fine. If you want to be optimistic. That's the way you want to do it, but there is, there is the flip side. Um, you know, for me, I was. Hoping oh, it wasn't like it wasn't some amazing move, but no, it's fine. The team is better. Was, I think I think it was more of a positive move than than any kind of negative. Like I said, I, I think you just have to look at it from what the Hawks have done with draft picks in the past, and for sure, think three three second rounders they wanted to kind of move them. That's why, and that's why teams acquire all these second rounders is because they they want to have the flexibility when you have some cap space that you can eat a eat into um or if you just have a dead contract somebody else can take on that wants picks like a philly you can kind of swap for a semi-useful guy um it's ammunition you know i think the hawks i'd give them a a solid b minus for this trade deadline that that sounds about right just on the moves they did slightly above average you know essentially you swap Ilyasova for mike scott with some second round picks and on, on the moves they actually did, that's that's absolutely right. It was uh, better than nothing. I mean, obviously the looming question that you know I talk about all the time on the podcast. I would have liked to see them, you know, do some selling moves, but you know it was pretty clear. You know, the the, the West Wilcox video with Woj between that and Bud's comments and the Paul Mosap decision, it was pretty clear they weren't going to be selling. But you know, we got through the deadline. They obviously did not sell at all. Uh, I don't I don't really count Mike Scott as a selling move because they didn't get anything back for him. Um, so I don't know, would you have been, I think we talked about this offline a lot, but would you have been in the, in the camp where they probably should have been going the other way here? Um, I mean, we, we've talked about it before. Uh, I think Millsap, once you made the Corver trade, I I think we talked about it when when the Corver trade happened, it seemed to signal that they were going to start moving folks. Um, I thought they should have, I thought they should have started trying to to pick apart but my my thought is the Millsap market just wasn't there um you look at what toronto gave up for ibaka and 
would you do that deal for Millsap? Because you might have gotten another second rounder out of that. Would uh, you I, do it for I Ross would, and a first and a second? I I would I would have I would not have liked it very much. And I think mm-hmm. you know with the I don't know if the contract stuff works there. I think it was you know the rumor deal we talked about. I talked about with, with Blake Murphy, a couple other people. It was like Ross and a first and like one more piece, whether it be Jakob Pertl or something like that. Then I I, I would have done it. Um, Big fan of Jakob, by the way. But yeah, but it's aside from him getting cooked by Sabonis in the tournament, I know why they didn't do. If that was the only they want, if that's the only thing that was out there for him, I, I I do understand it. It's an organizational directional thing. It's they have to decide what they're going to do, and you know they raise ticket prices. See the tickets, chicken. T- people have been people have been talking to me a lot about this. Um, you know, people are not not too happy that they've raised their prices, and I I get I get why they've done that. At the same time, you don't want to be raising yeah. ticket prices and then and then be selling off parts. So, oh no! I, well, look. This is you know we've talked about it. it you you, you got to go all in if you're gonna sell, and you got you got renovations to pay for. But here's the thing with that, real, real quick, is that the city's paying for like eighty percent of that. So Absolutely. like, and people know this. It's been published. Like we, we I've, I've written about it. People like at least the, the informed fan base knows about this. So they're not really gonna stand for that as a reason. <laughs> they're gonna be like, oh, by the way, the city's paying for this. Why am I giving you more money? So. It's going to happen. You know, prices were always going to go up, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I think uh, maybe it's just me being jaded. You're not going to convince me that that has that one has nothing to do with the other. That's just not not going to happen for me. Oh no, no, absolutely not. Because um, I mean, they they're not. It's it's a much harder. If you if you go out and you give Millsap a deal, um, make the push, give him the five year or whatever. Whew. Yeah, we talked about this. Five one eighty, baby, it's coming. That's a uh, it's happening. Uh, if you give Millsap the deal, then you know you can be like, look what we did. Uh, we're spending money. Are you spending money correctly? We'll see. That's to be, that's to be determined. Uh, look, I, the thing with the, the with the Hawks that I think there's a crippling fear of repeating the past. Which is, when they were really bad, they didn't get significantly better. They didn't get the guys they thought they should have gotten. Uh, they didn't get the first round pick, uh, the first overall pick, uh, when they went won 13 games in the season. Um, that, you know, it, and if you fail at a teardown rebuild in Atlanta, yep, it's going to take a while to get people back in the building. That's just the way it goes. That's not a knock on. That's a that's the case a lot of places. That is the argument um, for sure. That is that is the case in a lot. But I mean, look, the, the Sixers are we're going through. This. If Embiid hadn't hit, oh my goodness, we saw uh, our, we mean, saw six, our, the Sixers wouldn't have had anybody in the building. And look, that's and you know if you don't have the tradition of the Lakers or the Celtics, where fans are just ingrained to go to your basketball games, um. It's not gonna happen. I mean, look at look at Orlando. They can't get anybody in the building right now. Um, no, it's not, know. and it's hard. It's not hard to blame them. I, it's, it's really it comes down to where, what you think as a fan and what what your view is. And it's like, do you want to win? Do you want to have the best chance to win a title, or do you want to be good all the time? That's, and you know what? That's the it's, big question. And it's it's. I think. I think one thing that I think the biggest thing for the Hawks that is. Um, the hardest thing for them to really figure out why they're not gaining as much traction is I think they they feel they do considering they made Eastern Conference Finals. Considering, you know, they've gotten past that first round barrier that used to kind of be holding them up. Second round barrier that used to hold them up. Um, it's just not been an exciting team. 
it's well, no. it's not just <laughs> and I, I wrote about this with regards to the Falcons. Atlanta's not a place where people expect championships. You know, because if they, if they did, they'd be really disappointed all the damn time. Um, because they've had one since ever. So it's not like people won't show up just because you're not winning championships. People won't show up if you're not fun. And it's why the Hawks do the concert things. It's why they do as much of the in-arena stuff because they want to make it fun. They want to make it entertaining because Atlanta has a lot. You can go a lot of places and have fun in Atlanta on your evenings. And you're competing with a lot of things. And if you're not entertaining, you're not going to get people in consistently. Winning can solve things for a short term when you're winning like the Hawks are. You know, when you when you go on the 17 and no January run, people are going to show up because all of a sudden it's like, oh, this championship caliber. They'll show up for a championship caliber team, but you can also be fun and win a regular amount. And I think people would show up. And and you know, we've talked about do they need a superstar? If you're going to just win, you need a superstar. Yeah, and that's, they need they need somebody. You know, like it's a thunder. If the, the Hawks thunder were, right yeah, now, if the, if the Hawks had a Russell Westbrook, he would be in that building. And and we all know they're not winning. They're not winning the title. I mean, no. they're, they're not. But they have the guy. They have a fun guy, and that's that's what the Hawks need. Like if the Hawks were, you know, able to find that guy, and the argument I think that works best for the people that want, if you're trying to convince ownership that they need to go down that path, is the way most teams land those guys is through the draft. Um, now look, I mean. You kind of play the what if game and all the you know the Bucks kind of have found their guy in Giannis because they kind of they lucked into the the young foreign dude that panned out, um, but that that doesn't work a lot. And look, none of these things are foolproof. Like that's the thing, and that, and it's much safer to plot along as a as a four seed, five seed, six seed for a long time. It's it makes more business sense. People are gonna show up, but if you really want to get people in the door and really be that team that can really bring the people out. You, you're going to have to take some risks. And that's the one thing that I think has played Hawks decision-making um, the most is, is the lack of taking risks. And it goes all the way back. I mean, there's a reason they did deal Josh. There's a reason they didn't deal Al. And there's a reason they didn't deal Millsap. It just wasn't safe. And, that, that's, and, and that's why, honestly, that's why I know I was surprised when they traded Jeff because it was like, oh, the Hawks actually sold early. They never do that. And, right. But in that, that case, you had Dennis. Also, right. So you already had a guy and there's a more exciting player than Jeff T. That is, that is true. I mean, Jeff is a better player. You about to say Jeff's better, but Dennis better is player. more exciting. You talk about more exciting and you talk about upside. So that was the, that was the other thing. Like You kind of signaled maybe upside was the move you were making, but when you did that, but I don't know. It, it seems like it's, it's really hard to commit. It's really hard to commit because if you're going to commit to the, to being bad, you got to really, really commit to being bad. Like I think the thing that you look at the Lakers, the Lakers lucked up so bad by being able to be bad with a huge star. They were able to suck with Kobe Bryant, like suck bad enough to get a really good pick. Yeah. That's the best way to be bad because everybody was packing out that stadium. You didn't have to worry about anything. Everybody's in the arena to see Kobe because he's going to put up 
but you're going to lose with him. That was the best thing that ever happened to the Lakers was, you know, everybody talks about the last two years crippling them. I, I look at it now, and that was a really good thing that happened to him because all of a sudden space cleared up. No, they didn't get Kevin Durant. No, they didn't get those guys. But all of a sudden space clears up. Looks like they're about to fall into Paul George, have some damn good draft picks, well, they some also, good young players. And they also handled it poorly, and they still have this. Oh, they handled it. Uh, it's just – because they went, you know, they went out and they, they didn't even do it all the way. Because no, they, they, they went, they went out and paid Mozgov and the Walding, and they still did it, and they're and still in a good spot. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't know. It's and that's the frustrating. I think that's the frustrating thing. If you're Alex man, you look at, you're like, well, how do we do it? And, and I don't know what the answer is. And and look, that I don't think there's. I think I, I hope fans understand. There's nothing wrong with being a, a very solid team. No, um, there's not. But there's also there's also an apathy that comes with it when you've been doing it for a decade, which the Hawks are coming up on. 10 years of being a playoff team. This is going to be number 10, I believe, in a row, right? Ten, ten, 10 seasons in a row. Yeah, this is going to be it. So there's an apathy that comes with that when championships don't start coming. Um, ask the Braves. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, a, a mutual friend of ours, Brett Legree, who I trust in his opinion, he always, you know, that, that, the point about being risk-averse and how risk-averse the Hawks are, it's something that it drives me a little bit crazy, and he, that's his point always: is that you can trace back every reason why they're why we are where we are because they're risk adverse. Uh, yep. You know, the Dwight Howard thing was a quote unquote risk uh, culturally, but in terms of uh, basketball wise, that's the opposite of a risk. It was like, a safe play. You it knew was, you knew what he was going to be, and you knew that he would sell a little bit of tickets. He's from Atlanta; it's the safe you know press conference play. But yep. I don't know. It's it's a weird one. It's a shorter contract, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, Oh, we should say though. Uh, should we talk about this this attempt that they made? I was gonna say that was where I was going. Uh, if there is they a tried. if there is a way to uh, do both, uh, it would require uh, going all in in a big time trade and getting a, another asset. Uh, and apparently, the Hawks tried to do this. Mark Stein of ESPN reported after the deadline on Thursday that the Hawks made uh, aggressive uh, pick centric offers for both Paul George and Jimmy Butler. And Chris Livermore of the AJC uh, confirmed he heard the same about, uh, at least about Paul George. So it looks like the Hawks were at least trying, or at least, you know, faux trying to do this. That encourages me a little bit that they at least know that they, they need another guy like that. Yeah, I mean, like, I, look, this is, Wes is not a dumb guy. He, he understands <laughs> it. True. You know, Wes is a very smart guy. Bud gets it too. Um, yes, it's nice. No, I don't think they ever had a legitimate chance, and I think they knew they didn't have a legitimate chance. But it sounds good. They try. I'm sure they tried. I'm sure they put together a reasonably enticing package, but they just don't have the picks to do it. If you're talking about the Hawks putting together a pick-centric uh, package to get a good player that would probably elevate them into that four-three seed area. Oh yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get any good picks out of the Hawks. Like they're just they just don't have them. Like you, they could give up 2017, 2019 first rounders, and if they got Jimmy Butler, who would be around through the 2019 season, you're getting a mid to late 20s first round pick plus whoever they offered as player in Bays is maybe who I would guess, but he's not really enticing. Well, that, uh, that was as my a contract. I don't know what player they were offering. Dwight. I mean, it's weird because who, people. Who pe- are you? Who are the? Who's the player here? De- pe- Dennis. People were asking me because that's I, the I most swear- intriguing player the Hawks have to dangle in a trade by Dennis, far. If and you're not, if you're not moving Paul. 
by far. And, and he's a point guard. I people asked me this week beforehand, before this obviously before this news and before the deadline, like what I thought it would take to get in the mix for one of these guys. And my answer was, well, for Indiana, who doesn't want a point guard, it'd be really, really hard because Dennis is by far your best asset. Um, I, but my guess is that it, w- it was going to take both of the rookies and at least three first-round picks. Like b- maybe you're, you're, uh, the Hawks pick this year, the Hawks pick of 2019, and the T-Wolves pick, something like that, uh, might get it done. I, I, that still feels like it's, like, like it's not enough to be honest. And then in Butler's case, I think if you include Dennis, it gets a little bit easier. You know, you go Dennis, Torian Prince, and like two first rounders, maybe. I yeah. don't know. Uh, and that's, and I would do both of those deals without question, but yep. I was trying to, people, I mean, I was trying to formulate an answer and it's like, I mean, all you have to do is just basically just keep adding first round picks because the Hawks don't have that intriguing player because, you know, your, your best player is not a guy you're going to trade in that deal. Obviously, you want yep. the whole point is to keep Paul and then add to Paul. Uh, Dwight, it's not on a bad contract, but he's not on a value deal by any means. You know, Bazemore is officially a bad contract as of now. Like, it's not it's not awful, but like, you know, it's, it's not a value. It's not an asset at that contract. Right. Um, and other, other than that, you got a bunch of expirings. So it's it's the two rookies and Dennis that are actually your trade. You know, quote unquote yeah. assets and, and picks. yeah, I mean, That's like, it. and you can throw the Nets pick in. Sure, and that as helps a, as a as as probably the most valuable draft pick that you have. As we talked about, so two firsts, the Nets pick, one of the rookies, Dennis. It would have been, I mean, that's that's my guess as to what the deal was, the best offer the Hawks could put together. And that's not enough. And it's, and not. it's not enough. It's just, it's just not, especially when the other team is trying to get potentially the number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean, there's that's, the ace That's the, the biggest thing. That's the... They were, from what it looks like, both of those teams were number one pick plus a solid rotation player or bust for their guy. And, it, you know, the, the initial report on, I think it was Wednesday night from Woj was, or Wednesday afternoon was, uh, Celtics didn't want to give up the Nets pick and Jay Crowder for Butler. Um, which made for a funny headline because the idea that the reason you wouldn't Go get Jimmy Butler was Jay Crowder. Sounds funny, um, but makes some sense because of his contract and versatility. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like if if that was what it was going to take, the Hawks can't come close to matching that. But it's it still should be appreciated that they went on try, that they went on try to make the splash move, um, and that they know that their best way to make that happen is by making a trade and, and look if I wouldn't be surprised they made another run on draft night depending on where they're at I, w- um, I, w- I would definitely listen for me oh Hawks are signed Ryan Kelly for the rest of the season as of this moment Ryan Windhorst I'm not surprised by that uh thank you for breaking that news because I'm not on Twitter at this moment um I like Ryan Kelly I, early in the year I was advocating that he should be on the team so that's fine yeah, the Hawks have two roster spots open. Uh, anyway, before we, <laughs> we get to that in a second, um, on the on the prospect of trading for one of those guys, I agree. It, the Hawks should be applauded for trying. Um, and the whole thing is, if you're going to try to do this never rebuild thing that they're apparently on, you have to try. If something presents itself like that, where you might have a even a faint chance at Butler or George, then you got to try. 
So shout out to them for at least giving it the uh, the good old college try and you know giving it out there. I I'd love to know what they offered to be honest, and, and I'm sure it didn't get far, but I'd love to know what 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 the attempt actually was at least. Yeah, I mean, and that's something we'll, we'll never know. But I think for what sure. we put together is a general outline. This is going to be at least the Nets. What's well, all it could be? That's <laughs> all. It yeah, could I mean, be. that's that's all it could be. I mean, Nets pick this year's first probably 2019 first and. Some combination of the rookies and Dennis, or or Tim Hardaway Jr. or something. I don't know. EHJ. He's the other guy, but you know he's maximize that value right he's, now. He's, he's he's expiring too. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Ryan, shouts to Ryan Kelly. We don't have to talk about that because that doesn't really matter. But uh, I like no, Ryan Kelly. It's, so it's fine. And they still got well. They still have room to sign a point guard, correct? They do. Uh, the Hawks have two open roster spots. Uh, Kelly would take one, and uh, I was going to mention, at least in passing on this podcast, that Bud told reporters today, Chris Vivamore was there, and I believe Kale Shinar was there, that third point guard is a priority. So uh, we'll see what they do with that spot. Could be Lamar Patterson again. That wouldn't surprise me, even though he's not really a point guard. He can sort of function there, and uh, could be a D-league guy. Could be Bryce Cotton, who they talked about, uh, who was in summer league with them this last year. I don't know. It won't be a sexy name. You know, Darren Williams was out there, and the Hawks, I believe it was Sham Sarania, uh, reported uh, some interest from the Hawks and Darren Williams. If he's actually available, he's going to go to Cleveland or something like that. Yeah, yeah they, they, that's already essentially a done deal. I mean, yeah, he's, he's not unless, go. unless he doesn't clear waivers somehow. He would have um, no. He would have no reason to come to Atlanta because it's not. Oh. I mean, it's not again not, not a shot at the Hawks, but if Darren Williams could choose between an actual tower contender and the Hawks, he's going to go to a tower contender. Why wouldn't it's he? Ring, it's ring chasing time. It's not about where you're going to play. Yep, and he would. And he also and also he would play in Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> I mean he played. He, he played just as much. He played just as much in Cleveland as he would here. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, he wouldn't be taking Dennis's minutes. I'd feel bad for Malcolm Delaney, who wouldn't play anymore at that point. But uh, I like Malcolm. So anyway, uh, that's. Uh, that's kind of where we are, man. It was it was definitely a day. Uh, you and I are both supposed to be working right now, so uh, we should probably wrap this thing up. Robbie, tell people where they can find you if they don't already. I can't imagine that they don't, but uh, tell them anyway. On Twitter at our Uh over on Uprock Sports Dime Magazine. Shouts to Dime Mag. Dime Mag, we're out here. Um, got some some fun stuff from All Star that came out. A little two chains interview. Uh, talking to Nick Young that ran today. Some fun stuff. Um, doing a lot of that, yeah. So that's where you can find me. I'm around the internets. You are also, around. Go see, go, see, go see John Wick 2, people. Yeah, uh, we should do Unless a John Wick fun. podcast at some point um, when there's not trailer done <laughs> things to any, discuss. Any, anytime. Oh, I, anytime. Know, I know you're more than willing. We had this When we set this up, I, I, I had said that the Hawks didn't do anything. We, would, we were just going to talk about John Wick, um, mm-hmm. which didn't happen. The Hawks actually did stuff, so we didn't, but... Uh, that'll happen at some point. Maybe, maybe you and maybe you and the former podcast guest Zach Carver, we can do a three man on on John Wick too. It'd be fun. Three man weave on John Wick is always always on the cards. Uh, well, thank you, Robbie. Um, for everybody else, the Hawks play a basketball game on Friday night, so uh, we'll actually review that and another game on Saturday. So we'll have stuff to talk about for the first time in a while on the, our next show, which it might be tomorrow. Uh, might be a Saturday pod. I haven't decided. Uh, it's either going to be Saturday or Monday when we come back and. Uh, Stay tuned as always. Hopefully the Hawks will do fun things and win basketball games. Uh, As for everybody else, thank you for listening. Uh, Please stay tuned and subscribe to the podcast all that fun stuff. And as always, enjoy your, your weekend. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.